All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Luxury Mind podcast. And today, the topic that I'm going to be talking about is ego, the ego and its role in creation. So this was a topic that was suggested by somebody here in this group. And if you are new to this group, or if you have been in this group for a while um, and part of the Sanatia Society, I'm live streaming my podcasts here into this group so that I can read your comments, answer them as we go along and have really great conversations about you know, any topic that I'm bringing up here inside of this podcast. So I want to talk about what the luxury mind is. The luxury mind is a mind that is free, okay? It is free of limitation, free of constructs, free of, you know, anything that would make it kind of stuck in a survival mode or survival way of thinking. If you think about what luxury is, luxury really, when it comes down to it, is about things that you don't need, (laughs) So if you look at luxury clothing, luxury purses, luxury cars, luxury brands, like the whole term of luxury is really fascinating to me and is why I chose to name the podcast, The Luxury Mind, because I wanted to have conversations about how we access that from a conscious perspective, right? Because our perception of luxury is different for every single person. For one person, something that is luxurious might be spending the day on a beach, you know, eating fresh fruit, enjoying themselves. Another person might believe that luxury to them is like buying a $3,000 handbag. Maybe luxury to somebody else is something really small and simple. And so the idea of luxury is really powerful because what it comes down to is your perspective. It's where it lives in you and whether or not you have the ability to luxuriate in your life and um, access that feeling of abundance inside of yourself, right? So when you're truly abundant, When you, you know, when you're playing like the human game with money and purchasing and consuming and experiences, when you're playing those games, when you get to the point of, you know, having access to quote unquote luxury is when you're abundant. It's when money doesn't matter anymore and therefore you can buy, do, live however you want, right? So what is the luxury mind? The luxury mind, as I said, is a mind that is free. It's, it is um, free to luxuriate. And so the question is, how do we do that? <laughs> how do we explore the different aspects of that in ourselves? And how do we, you know, create that luxury mind inside of ourselves? So um, the topic for today is ego and its role in creation. And it's funny because going back to the, you know, the point of the luxury mind, the ego plays a really big role. So in spiritual circles and in different forms of like uh, psychology, what we understand the ego to be simply is just your perception of yourself, right? 
um, your perception, perhaps of your worth, of your value, of your self-esteem, and then the ego serves an actual function in our operating system. So the ego really is the data processing center. Why is it the data processing center? It's the data processing center because it is the part of you that communicates between the mind, your conscious awareness, and your subconscious, right? So you have information that comes in in your life. You're always taking in information. You're always processing data. We process data in energetic form. We process it through our senses. We process data through information, conversation. We process data through the conversations that we have with other people, what they think of us, what they say to us, so on and so forth. So there's, there's highly complex data that is always being processed in your system, in your human soul system, in, you know, in, in your operating system. The way that I choose to see myself through functional terms is as an operating system, right? Like it's, it's easy to identify the dimensions of our experience when we have a structure that is really clean, clear, makes a lot of sense and we understand how it works. So for that, for that reason, when I say your operating system, I'm talking about all the facets of you that work the way that, that they work together so that you have an idea of what your identity is, <clears throat> excuse me, what your identity is, and you go through your life having your experiences, making your choices, <laughs> living, creating, working, having partners, taking the vacations, you know, living life. That's what you're here doing. And so the data processing center has a really important job and it has everything to do with what we create because we are making choices about what we create on a variety of levels in our subconscious mind and in our conscious awareness every single day. Uh, we're making choices through our emotions. We're defining how we feel, right, about a certain situation, an opportunity, a friendship, a lover, a relationship, right? And it's those things that help us to choose what it is that we're going to do. So it's not just about emotion. It's about how our body feels, right? Like the senses in our body. It's about what we think we're capable of. So not just, you know, oh, I'm, I'm scared to take this new job or I'm scared to take this leap in my life, or maybe I'm scared to have, um, you know, to get into this relationship, but then there's part of you that has already decided what it is that you can and cannot do. So if you've had failures of relationships in the past, if you've had toxic relationships in the past, if you've been in jobs or, you know, different work environments where you felt like you couldn't excel, you know, you're making choices, you're deciding. So there's multidimensional layers of information that is being processed by the ego. The problem with seeing ego incorrectly and I want to explain to you how I arrived to this place of understanding, because when I first started getting introduced to concepts around ego, 
the conversation around ego was always that the ego was the thing that was causing the parts of us that were not like the ugly parts, right? Oh, well, that's just your ego talking. <laughs> like somebody gets angry and goes off on you, or somebody's a narcissist, or, you know, somebody has a puffed up sense of self, like they think that they're so incredible and so amazing, they can do anything. And they'll just step on anybody who gets in their way to get it. You know, that guy's just got a big ego, he's full of ego, that woman, you know, can't get past her ego. So, you know, she can't see the opportunities available to her in her relationship, so on and so forth. And so, you know, when I started to kind of dip into an understanding of ego from a spiritual perspective or from a, you know, therapy perspective, the things that I was hearing was information about how ego was wrong, right? And then you have the conversation about shadow, right? So, if you are understanding this from like a archetypal perspective or, you know, a, a form of spiritual um, information that is talking about shadow work or clearing out your shadow, um, then you start to get into this realm of proposed truth where the ego, right, is something that creates shadow in us that we need to clear out. So let's talk about shadow. It's an interesting topic. On one hand, when you want to talk about shadow work, and I've seen this in action, um, on one hand, when you want to talk about shadow work, you can, you can admit that it serves a purpose, right? We have to clear out the parts of us that are not us. What I think is interesting about shadow or the concept of shadow is that if you understand the polar opposites of dark and light, and you understand dark or the dark to be limitless potential and where you could find yourself creating whatever it is that you create, like it's the realm of genius, right? Everything is there. And then you understand that your soul is the light, right? So as soon as you envision something in, in your life, as soon as it comes to your conscious awareness and you decide that you want to create from it, or you decide that you want to take action, then it immediately switches from dark to light because it's in our vision, right? So what is shadow then, right? Well, shadow is when you are standing somewhere or you have a structure that is, um, that is you know, positioned in a way where the light is shining on it and it creates a shadow, right? So what lives inside of that shadow? And I started to get really curious about that. And I used to, and I started to think about, you know, the gray area. And what I understood, and here's my final sort of summary on shadow, is that 
there is a place in us, in each and every one of us, between those two polar opposites, where there is like a lack of self-perception and a lack of choice. And these things are happening together. They're in relationship to each other. And that's a little bit of a gray area, which could also be called shadow. Now, when I call it shadow and I say, well, you have shadow or I need to do shadow work, that inherently has a definition that says that there are parts of you or me that are inaccurate or, um, you know, poorly expressed and I need to clear them out and get rid of them. Like, I want to take that back. I want to take that part of me back. And I also see that in a similar conversation as this gray area. And I've always seen this gray area as the, like, um, like, how do I explain this? The, the seated ground for us to return our conscious matter and transform it into our magic. So in that sense, I do understand the concept of shadow. I understand the value of perception around this. And I understand the value of doing like work around it. But I don't believe in shadow work in the form that I have seen it in spiritual teachings um, for a very specific reason. What I have found, and this we'll go back to the function of ego and its role in creation is what I have found is what you look for, what you focus on is what you find. So if you are obsessed with clearing shadow and you are understanding that you need to do shadow work and you are looking at that over and over and over, what you're going to find is more and more and more and more shadow. If you can take an accurate perspective and understanding of it actually being a gray area between limitless potential and your soul light, which would be the highest expression of you as a creator, right? With no limitation, knowing exactly what your power is, knowing what you're capable of, what you can do. Um, And you understand it as like this sparkly gray that really doesn't have a definition about it being right or wrong. It's just like matter that you can, you can recover. That is to me, a more accurate description of, of the way that the ego operates and what it creates. So Here's the thing. If your ego is your data processing center, and it is, and if it is creating your self-esteem, your self-worth, your self-belief, your perception of reality, because it is, right? It's, it's telling you on subconscious and conscious levels, if you have the skill to bring it into awareness, um, who you are, period. 
um, your mind is always going to be running this this um, function. It's always gonna be executing this command in your system, period, end of story. So here's where I end up. After looking at the sort of base low level conversation about ego and then moving into, well, okay, let's say that ego is the part of us that is self-important, you know, not humane, doesn't see itself correctly, creates all this crap, you know, let's identify ego as bad. And then we move into the next level or layer of the conversation where ego creates shadow and shadow needs to be cleared. And then we take another step into the work of consistently clearing shadow (laughs) without understanding that the ego's primary function is to process data. So if you're going to feed it its own data and then expect that to go back into the processing center and come out clean and clear without creating loops of, you know, more inaccuracy in yourself. I'm not sure what the higher, more intelligent purpose, desire outcome is here in that cycle. And so what I started to understand in my, in my journey with this and watching people go through this is that nobody was getting anywhere, truly, right? And I'm not particularly interested in that personally. And then I started to look at the function of ego and realize that the truth is, is that your operating system, if you want to cut all that crap and get to a place where you're introducing accurate and correct information to your ego, then you arrive at the place where you understand that your operating system is perfectly designed. It is perfectly designed, it is highly advanced, and it is capable of more then it is executing right now, 10 years from now, forever, 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 because the truth is, is that we know deep down inside of us that we can, we can do what we dream. We know that we're capable of, you know, touching the capacity of our soul. So if we accept that the function of the data processing center is actually there to help us and everything else in our operating system is perfectly designed to work together, then what we understand from there is that we're just not using it correctly. The thing about processing junk data or viruses or garbage is that you can never get an accurate um, accurate information from something that is inaccurate. So it's really that we're not giving our ego the right job to do. We're not giving our ego the correct information to process. Simple as that. 
once you accept that, then the conversation starts to become interesting. Then the potential starts to become interesting. Then there's a level of acceptance in yourself that jumps past all of the the hoops or the loops, as I explained, that we were attempting to get through and, and starts with an equation that makes fucking sense to our system, right? And what makes sense to our system is that we, we can process data quickly. We do have access to higher intelligence. We do have the ability to see who we truly are. And we can understand how our full spectrum operating system functions in order to use utilize it. That's what we can do. And so focusing on that Investing our, our, our mind and our awareness on that instead of trying to clean it up and to heal and do the work when the work doesn't even make fucking sense to the system to begin with, that's where you go. So, you know, the ego and its role in creation really comes down to the fact that the ego is the input the processing is happening, right? And then you have the output and the output is what is created. The output is your life. The output is your experience. The output is your choice, right? The output is your impact. The other thing that I want to explain about ego is that ego creates when it is, when it doesn't understand itself, and it doesn't understand the information that it's looking at because the ego basically fact checks against reality. So the ego says, who am I, right? The, the question of the ages, the spiritual search, like the one question, know thyself, right? Passed down through the ages, the most important question, who am I? What is asking that question? <laughs> the ego is asking that question. That's why it's the most important question because the ego says, who am I and what do I see out there in collective constructs in reality? And is this, is this true, right? Like I have a sense of who I am, but I need to make sure, or I'm going to fact check that or, uh, against my experience. Um, that's an orientation. So that's why in my programs, I talk a lot about orienting against energy. It's not about the fact that we have to be in opposition to something, but in order to know who we are, but we do have to know who we are and we will always have an experience of orienting to something that is you know, in proximity in us in order to either get information, confirm that we are correct, or let us know that we're not. So like I said, there, this command, this sequence in you is never going to stop working. It's never going to stop asking these questions. It's never going to stop asking who you are, and it's never going to stop fact-checking against reality or orienting itself 
to a, a, an energy or a construct or a concept or, or a vision or a dream or a big desire, like it's never going to stop doing that. And in order for us to create or to be creation or to create reality in the way that is accurate and that we want to, we have to correct our understanding of the system. We have to correct our relationship to the external constructs that are inaccurate. And we have to take responsibility for the position that we take and the mirrors that we use to make these decisions, right? So the unguided ego is going to fact check against what it sees. And that's why people say, oh, well, life is a mirror or you're just a mirror or other people are, is, are just mirrors of our experience. It's not that another person has to be a mirror. It's the function that's operating. You know, that's why people say these things. So when we look in the right places, all of a sudden, the mirrors become correct, right? So we, we do this shift from an inverted external reality where we're attempting to understand who we are through, um, through human relationships, through physical connections, through jobs, through, you know, societal rules, things like that, different types of archetypes, different religious constructs, all these things. Like when we, when we turn that on its head and commit to understanding who we are through our own eyes, right? Through fact-checking the information that's coming from inside of us, instead of outside of us, all of a sudden things start to change in the operating system and we start processing clean data. The reason for this is because we're the only ones that we can truly know. <laughs> and we're also the ones that create our reality. So if the ego's job is to fact check against reality, it needs to fact check against us because we're the ones who are responsible for creating it, right? Let's talk about viruses. Let's talk about viruses and personas and shadow entities, all right? Here's what happens when this command or this sequence is in action our entire lives and we're not aware of it. We create versions of ourselves that are not ourselves that take on life, right? Like they become us. We can live decades of our lives doing things that don't necessarily bring us joy, that don't light us up. We can, we can potentially spend our entire lives living in a persona, in a version of ourselves that we are not because of the function of this, of this system. Viruses get created in us, all right? So people talk about shadow in that sense. I really see them as viruses. Like in an operating system, you have programs, right, that are created. And the programs are the sequences and the commands that tell the operating system 
what, what do we want to execute? What do we believe, right? How does, how does the wiring work? How do all the programs interact? Like, you know, what kind of experiences are we having? What kind of, you know, games are we going to play, right? Like all of those things, all the execution, right? And so programs are created through thought, sensation, through energy, through action, you know, all the different dimensions on which we exist. And what happens is that when programs are created inside of us that are not coming from like pure data, pure information, like pure code, so to say, because the processing center or the process, you know, once the, the input comes in, the processing is just not accurate. So it's a little off, you know, it's coming from places of need. It's coming from places of fear in us. We're making choices from fear. You know, it's just like the system is kind of set up to protect itself. And so it's always running this like backend survival program most of the time. You know, of course, maybe one area of your life, you are less afraid. Maybe you're really good with money, but you're really not in relationships. Maybe you have a low self-esteem. Maybe, you know, you don't love your job, so on and so forth. There's lots of different ways that, you know, your experience can be different from mine, but these programs are created and, and the function of them is truly just to drain the system, right? Because they're created from fear and need, which, which feels like this hunger, right? It's not that it's like thirsty to destroy your life. It just doesn't provide clean energy. And so the only thing that it can do is to deplete the system. It just like bogs it down. It makes it run slow. It gives it, you know, in, you know, not optimal output to like what, what could be functioning in you better. And then once it's created, like there's a series and a sequence of steps that it's meant to execute. And then it just goes off and like kind of grows like a weed. <laughs> it grows like a weed in your system. Um, and, and then, you know, it, it moves from, from us to other people, it affects our relationships, you know, it just kind of multiplies in this way. And so a lot of ways that you can understand viruses would just be like viruses of the mind, you know, poor thinking, inaccurate thinking, um, belief systems, you know, um, limitations, so on and so forth. So we create these sort of quote unquote viruses in our programming, not because we want to, it's just the way that the system is set up. I mean, it's, it's not really about good or bad. It's just about how it all functions together. And then, you know, if we're on a spiritual search or if we're on a search for like, you know, living our best lives or doing the best we can, we end up in places where we understand we can, we can do certain things to change the parts of us that are not experiencing the life that we want to or executing in the way that we want to. It's like, where does our awareness start to find these things, seek these things out and choose where to look. You know, we look at mindset, we look at goal setting, you know, we say, Hey, I want to, you know, accomplish this goal. I'm going to get up early in the morning. I'm going to, you know, write my to-do list. I'm going to be focused. I'm going to, you know, start exercising. I'm going to start losing weight, you know, like 
I'm going to go on dates. I'm going to meet somebody, you know, I want my life to change. You know, it's like, I, this doesn't feel like me, right? There are moments where I feel at peace, but then there are moments in me where I do not feel at peace and I want something different. What is the part in us that activates that? I believe it's the part in us that is searching for this, this accuracy through this, you know, processing accuracy through a desire to function properly and utilize all of the parts of our operating system in the best way. And I believe that it starts with ego. It starts with data processing. There's a few ways that you can correct this. And this has been my experience. You need to introduce, there, there, there's a sequence of, it's like a formula that addresses the full spectrum system. And when I say full spectrum system, what I mean is the you that is completely turned on, activated, and has brought conscious awareness to all of the dimensions that are active inside of your operating system. So what that, what that means in action is that you have the ability to understand how to bring into focus what matters, what you need to pay attention to, and how to um, fully optimize your, your OS, right? How to upgrade into higher intelligence, right? And there, and from there, once you understand what that is, then you, you get to introduce these components to the ego and offer it a different perspective, right? You offer it a concept that you can travel around or, or completely walk around in your life from like the point of awareness <laughs> back to power. And when you do that, when you offer these co concepts or these conceptual developments to the ego, what you do is you offer it a series of, of information or executions that it can use to see itself correctly. So the first step is introducing like an alternative. It's also introducing like an acceptance, right? Of saying to yourself, actually, everything in you and in me functions perfectly. There's nothing bad about it. There's nothing wrong about it. And guess what? My only job from here is to figure out how to correct it and use it properly. That's what I'm interested in. Not interested in all the other stuff. Not interested in all of like these definitions of spiritual healings, 
right? Like I'm not going to enroll in an endless healing cycle to clear my shadow, to, to, you know, deal with my ego, to befriend my ego, to heal my inner child. I'm not going to, I'm not going to subscribe to that conversation, even though when I do this other work, these things correct themselves. Like we do address this, but we're not going to talk about it in this way because when I introduce that conversation to my data processing center, that is the, that is the limited realm that it can live in. It cannot function outside of that because we've decided that that is the reality. So the first, you know, the acceptance of like anything that is in operation in me is correct. So if that is true, then how do I, how do I use it? <laughs> what do I do with it now, right? What are the aspects that are the most important? The most important is um, aligning the, the ego processing with, with heart communication, with heart-centered living, with heart expression, right? The other really important thing is understanding how to work with sequences and templates and understanding how to uh, connect to functional truth. So we move from this realm of human story, fantasy, all of the things that spin out when, you know, ego, is introduced with concepts that are not accurate and, you know, enroll in drama, we move from that into functional truth and we start asking ourselves, well, how does it work? What matters? I'm going to pay attention to that. And from there, we understand sequences, patterns, programs, and the dimensions that operate inside of us. And then after that, we start applying you know, the principles of our soul language or the communication of our soul that wants to kind of help us get there, that wants to fully integrate from, from top to bottom and turn on this higher intelligence, right? Like activate this, this full spectrum system. And from there, we get to create, right? Hello, hello. It sounds like a lot of information, but in many ways, it's really quite simple. <laughs> the, the simplicity of <clears throat> looking at ourselves this way is just saying, listen, I am like, highly developed organic human technology, right? I have many aspects and dimensions to myself that I have the opportunity to explore. And my greatest joy and gift is to process my own depth, right? Processing our own depth is really where we feel that peace inside of us. Because as I said, this, this input, this data processing is always happening. 
but we've been processing externally our entire lives. And, and therefore we've created perceptions of ourselves and limitations inside of ourselves that don't feel right. They don't feel good. They don't feel true. They don't feel like us. And so we soul seek, right? The soul kind of cries out and says, but no, like I'm here in a human soul partnership and you have a spark inside of you. You have something inside of you that is glorious. And until you find it, you're going to feel that hole, you know, you're going to feel that need to, to soul search and you're going to find it, or you're going to search for it in the places that speak spiritual language. Right. Spiritual language, places like organized religion. This is soul language. There's a template to these things. They're all the same. We're going to speak spiritual language. I'm going to search for something I understand. This is the soul. Religious, organized religious structure, templates of religious structure, meditation, you know, uh, esoteric spirituality, magic, anything out there that it's like, that's what the soul understands. So we don't know what it is that we need. We just know that we need something. And many times it's because maybe in parts of our lives, we've tried to do like just the, the basic human thing. You know, we've tried to do the job, the career, the vacations, the fucking, you know, shopping sprees, the cars, the blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe some of us were really successful at it and then we realized we weren't happy and it didn't fucking mean anything. Or maybe we're somebody who, you know, has everything and always has, but still can't feel it, still doesn't feel themselves, right? And so there's that that part of us that is always searching for that peace. But that peace comes from not finding it in the spiritual language or the collective constructs that are out there, but finding it inside of ourselves. Because when we start processing our own depth, that's when we get access to our light. That's when we get access to the dark, right? And that is when, you know, the concept of shadow becomes irrelevant, right? It becomes irrelevant because what we take responsibility for is the truth of our own experience, we take responsibility for creating our own reality. And therefore, the more and more and more that we do that, the more accurate the system operates, the more access to our own power we have, right? Because the viruses aren't draining the system. It's not depleting the RAM. (laughs) It's not depleting the memory. It's not making the programs run slowly, right? So ego has everything to do with, cre- with, with creation. Um, what matters most is that we release ourselves from collective constructs 
And the reason why, right? Like I could say things like collective constructs and you could be like, oh, what what the fuck does that mean? Like, who cares, right? Um, No, it really does make sense because if we are enrolled in collective constructs, then that's what we're processing. So you have to you have to disconnect from collective constructs. And then the step that you take after that is to activate and self-lead your operating system, right? Your divine operating system, your higher intelligence. And the step that comes after that is that you have to learn how to create with energy and understand the dimensions of like manifestation and creation inside of yourself. So it's like, you know, it's like the step one, two, three, you've got the collective construct, you've got the victim construct, you've got the purpose construct. The victim construct is like happens when we're young. It's created by being born here and, you know, being a part of a, a human family. And then you have the purpose construct. So that's like, who wins the race? You know, how are we successful? How do we use our time? What are we going to do to make money? What's the career going to be like? Like, you know, how, you know, what are the rules of winning the game? How do we compare ourselves against other people? If we don't compare ourselves against other people, do we even know that we've won? (laughs) How do you know if you're a winner, if you're not racing against somebody else? right? That's the purpose construct. And then you have like the, the provision construct, the abundance construct, the lack construct, the limitation. And you move through those three constructs. You release yourself from those three constructs so that you can stop creating your reality by processing the information that comes to you and through you on all levels inside of that, that mirror or inside of that reality. It's like, you're, you're enrolled, you're living in it. How, how do you expect to get clean and clear information? You know, like you can't not saying you would be, but it's like, you can't get mad or other people can't get mad that, that your ego is, is creating bullshit when it's looking at bullshit. Like it makes no fucking sense, right? So like the whole point is to like release yourself from the bullshit first. (laughs) So you can start looking at something real, you know? And then after that, like you have to understand how the operating system works. What are the dimensions? What are the dimensions? And how do you self-lead? And the reason why you have to self-lead the operating system is because you have to bring it from the subconscious to the awareness. What you focus on is what you create. What you speak is what you create. You know, you create what you speak. You speak what you create. You're making the choices. You have the choice, right? And so you, you take that action and then from there, you study soul language. That's, that's the sequence. That is the sequence. The sequence is releasing yourself from constructs, activating the divine operating system, and then 
learning to speak soul language and sort of like um, activating the aspects of yourself, like of, of your support system, of your divine capacity. Yeah, garbage in, garbage out. Exactly. Somebody just said garbage in, garbage out. What do you expect? You're not going to like fix the the production of garbage by feeding it more garbage. You have to like look at something real. Someone said, I used every tool in my toolbox to dissolve the lat construct and it feels ancient. Any tips? Yeah, I mean... Faith, faith is a big one. Um, asking yourself, what would you choose if you weren't afraid of pain and loss is a big one because you have to combat the fear system, right? Fear system is the lack system. The lack system is created because we don't believe that there is enough. We don't believe that um, we're going to be okay, right? And we we want to survive. It's part of um, it's part of our innate drive to evolve, right? But what I believe is that we are at a point in time where, like, we're ready to upgrade that system beyond its it having served us for so long to keep us evolving into like a thriving template, right? Where we're finally ready to let go of everything that we've carried on that's so old that we've moved from the past into the future and say, I'm going to do something radically different. I'm actually not going to be in a place (laughs) in my search for ascension or transcendence where I'm looking to anything that exists beyond or outside of myself because what I have is perfect. And not only is it perfect, it is highly functioning. It is highly intelligent. It is highly advanced. And because I understand that, I'm going to reduce all of my um, thought systems. I'm going to reduce all of my thought systems to function. I'm going to reduce all of my thought systems to raw materials, function, energy, sequence, patterns. I'm only going to look at how it works. And the reason I'm going to look at how it works is because when I understand how it works, then I understand in me where I can break the rules and where I need to pay attention to them. And and because of that, I can make choices over and over again to not re-enroll in these these fantasy constructs. So we just get to the point where we, we become very efficient We become very efficient and well-supported. But there's a a sequence to it. There's a template to it. There's a way that it works. So the support that we get or the support that we ask for 
is the support to learn like the aspects of the program, right? That's it. So it's not saying that you need to learn like, you know, go get some new certification. You need to go, you know, get a psychic reading. You need to go get a healing. Like you need to do all this and all this and that, right? It's not saying that. It's saying, listen, you have your own spiritual depth. You have your own soul depth. You have your own genius. Like however you apply this, that's up to you. But what what I'm offering and what I do is, and what I believe and what I do for myself is to focus on the formula, focus on the formula. I focus on the formula. I, fo I focus on the functionality and I focus on making, you know, everything in operation in me correct. And I see it as such. And when I do that, what I have experienced, so like, let's talk about the feelings, right? Because I'm having a very like heady conversation here. <laughs> Hopefully you followed along. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it takes a couple listens, but it's not just about, you know, we're not being stuck in the mind here. We're, we're, we're traversing a concept. We're walking through a data field, right? And as we walk through a data field, like something I presented here, which I would call a data field, as you walk through this data field, you get pinged, right? By information. And you think, oh, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. I don't relate to that. Oh, I don't know what she's talking about. Yes. I've felt that before. I remember what that feels like. This is that orientation. This is that fact checking. Right. And as you walk through that data field and you get those pings in your system, you decide what is truth. You decide what resonates and you decide what doesn't. Right. And what comes from traveling through concepts in this way, doing the work and, 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 and taking the journey from beginning to end is that, you know, you can feel the truth of your heart. Your like wild intuition does turn on. You have more of yourself to give. You have more love in your being. You have more good energy right? So the emotions that we cultivate become more higher and higher and higher vibrational because we have a clean system that, uh, where we are accessing like the expanse of our internal depth and capacity instead of spending all of this time trying to process things that end up feeling like heavier or off in us. Right. And so that's how it becomes embodied eventually, because concepts do nothing. Concepts are useless if if you just think about them and you don't know how to live them like you don't know how to become them. They might shift your mental frame for a little bit and you might, 
you know, you might change your behavior here and there, and maybe you'd have some small successes, but it's not going to get you to where you want to go. You're not going to feel that peace in you. The peace comes online when you truly see yourself, when you can run a system clean and clear, right? And when you are fully expressed as creating reality in the way that you know that you can, that is joy. That is peace. That is, that's like the peace that passes all understanding, right? Because it lives in you. It's not something that you can think about, right? But we have to work together. <laughs> like it's, it's mind and heart cohesion. We have to work together. We have to invite the higher intelligence to come online and say, hey, I know you get this shit. I know you get it because I can feel it, right? I know you can, you can move fast. I know you can heal yourself. Like, I know you don't actually care about all the stories inside of you that say that you can't do things. I know you don't care that much. I don't care, you know, because I, I know where to look. So we have to invite both to the table, just like we have to invite the soul and the human to co-create, just like we have to invite, you know, divine structures and principles into our lives to be that guiding faith, right? To be that the, the structure that supports us, so on and so forth. So to summarize, um, yeah, ego and its role in creation. I mean, it is, it is a, it is a point of creation in you that is extremely powerful. It's not the only thing that you create with, right? Like we manifest through the body, but it is the most incessant <laughs> uh, command that is happening inside of you to understand who you are. And uh, I definitely recommend that you, you know, consider working with it and giving it a job to do that it's worthy of. Uh, you know, give it some good data to process and then see what you're capable of. So that is what I have to say. Thanks for the suggestion. Thanks for joining me. If you have any questions, you know, go ahead and leave them in the comments. I'd love to connect with you. If you want to email me, you can email me at magic at sinatia.com. So magic at S-I-N-A-T-I-A.com. And you can find me here in this group. You can find my website on uh, sinatia.com. And, you know, you find me on Instagram. So feel free to reach out. Hope you enjoyed. Send me a message and have a great day. Bye.